Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Radke filling in for Trent Luce on today's Roll Route. Roll Route is the program where we gather every day at this time, what well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway, and what we do when we gather is discuss the issues between rural and urban America. I'm really excited to be joined by a special guest today, Dr. Seth Sievertson of Legacy Chiropractic in Mitchell, South Dakota. We're neighbors and friends, and we've had long conversations about a whole wide variety of topics. So I don't know where this conversation is going to go today, but I'm excited to find out. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Amanda. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah. So how long have you lived in Mitchell? Because I know right away when you moved to town, you reached out and we had coffee and I was really excited to have kind of a like-minded person move into town. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, uh, we've been in Mitchell about five years. We lived uh, north of Sioux Falls by Del Rapids for eight years, lived and practiced. And I'm originally from that area, just outside of Sioux Falls, um, the, the Brandon area. And so roughly five years ago, we moved, uh, we moved to Mitchell. Um, we had some, my wife's family farms out here. So she grew up on the family farm and there was some, some health challenges that created a disruption in, uh, in sort of how the farm flowed and they needed a hand. So we, uh, we decided that we felt led like the Lord was leading us to come out and to help. And so we, um, yeah, we closed, sort of closed up shop in Del Rapids and moved here. And then I was helping on the family farm, um, roughly four days a week. And then I was trying to practice a couple of days a week and still splitting my time, but. Well, and that reminds me, I had totally forgotten, but her brother, right, was our hired man when I was growing up. Did we have this discussion? Yeah, I think we did briefly. She actually, I think she mentioned the other day that she may have even, um, yeah, you guys may have played or she may be back, babysat over there or something. I'm oh. not sure how that worked, but yeah, like way back in the day, she's like, yeah. oh, recognize her. So, anyway. I'll have to ask my mom and dad if they ever had had her come over or see when that would have been. But all I know is I always thought he was like the coolest cowboy ever. And I like he was really, really fun to hang out with. But it's it's funny how small of a world it is, especially yeah. in agriculture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, yeah, we're like you said, we're, we're neighbors now, um, rel- relatively speaking. But yeah, yeah road, so. <laughs> we're all neighbors in rural South Dakota. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. so Tell me about what your family does now. Are you guys still in agriculture? Tell me about your business, kind of what makes your family tick. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I mentioned, uh, married, I've got three, uh, three little boys and, uh, and we live on, on my wife's family's farm on one of their, um, on one of their places there and, and help out on the farm. I should say she helps out. I help out less. I was helping out really regularly for about a year and a half, um, you know, I've always been involved. Maybe I'll just start here if that's okay. I've always yeah. been involved in egg. My, uh, I grew up in a welding shop. My dad was a, um, was a welder and, and just really involved in, in egg. And so I was a baby of the eighties. And so I got to, got to be involved in a, in an egg family through some of the farm tragedy, if you will, in the, in the eighties from a, from probably a different vantage point though. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've always been involved in egg. I, I thought I was going to feed cattle for a living. And so I went to, went to SDSU in Brookings and, and that's what I wanted to do with my life was an animal science major. And, um, just a big horse guy I used to rodeo and, uh, ride bucking horses and, and I wasn't very good at it. So I spent a lot of time getting bucked off horses. Um, so I was <laughs> introduced, uh, was introduced to chiropractic and, uh, so went down to, went down to chiropractic school and I've always been a, a farrier, a horseshoer, done that for 20 years. Um, and so anyhow, just a kind of a way to blend, uh, you know, blend my passions together, you know, the ag world and, and healthcare chiropractic and stuff. So, um, yeah, so graduated chiropractic school and then we launched into, into practice and did that, like I said, for roughly eight years over in Del Rapids and then moved here to Mitchell about 
about five years ago to, to help on the farm and just realized that, you know, being on the farm on a daily basis was not, uh, it's not really what I was just cut out for. I just was made, I was just made differently. Um, so I, I love it and I value it. And, uh, and after about a year and a half, just decided I, I need to be back in full-time practice. So went back into full-time practice, um, taking care of, taking care of folks. And then my wife helps a little bit on the, on the farm now, mainly in the summer, once the cows go out to pasture, she's, you know, she's out checking, checking cows and stuff, but, um, we help out, um, obviously in calving season. And then, um, I say, I say, we, I really do mean she helps out quite a bit. Um, I want to, I want to be clear. I help out when I'm available, but yeah, stay busy with, uh, with the practice and, and I still shoe some horses. Um, so I do that. And then, uh, and then I, I, I'm a believer. I get to, I get to fill the pulpit occasionally. So I preach uh, from time to time. So, um, yeah, I've got young, young boys there. Uh, we used to homeschool, uh, and then now they're all in, uh, in a local school and that's just been a really good fit for us. So now are the, are the kids pretty involved on the farm? Uh, yes, they, uh, they like the farm. I'll say it that way. So they like the farm. They like to be around it. Um, the younger, the younger two are pretty interested in that as a, as a lifestyle, maybe as a career someday. Um, so yeah, they get to hang out with grandma and grandpa quite a bit. Um, but as far as bringing a lot of, uh, work value, not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always joke with our kids cause they're seven, five, four, and three. I'm like one day they're going to be super helpful today. Yeah. Not that day, but one day yeah. <laughs> it's, it's coming. <laughs> right. You know, I'm actually, uh, I've been, I've been loosely looking around, uh, for some, some grass, some hay ground to rent because, uh, I've got a uh, an old square baler, and I want to start baling square bales. Simply not not because I need the hay, but um, because I'm raising boys, and mm-hmm. I just I think there's value in them riding a hay rack and yes. uh, <laughs> training them that, and and you know maybe even learning to sell sell hay hay to to somebody or you know paying rent to grandpa sort of thing. Just yeah. I don't know. There's just so many life lessons available to them that are just. Um, yeah. So hopefully this summer, <laughs> they can be some value that way. just built right in. Yeah. I would say of all the jobs that I had to do growing up on the farm and I've had to do a lot of tough jobs, bailing square bales is like every kid should have to do it because Absolutely. at one point in their life, because it's always 105 degrees, yeah. the wind isn't blowing, the mosquitoes are out, you're getting scratched up, you're hot and you're throwing those bales on the yeah. worst day of the whole year. And it just kind of teaches you something that right. you can, you can overcome hard things and get a job done and work together as a family. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, there's some foundational lessons to be learned. And I think that's always why I like coming in to see you at the, the clinic, because I feel like you apply the farm boy common sense to sure. helping us out as a family in other arenas. So do you, sure. do you have a lot of agricultural clients that come in and, and kind of what sort of injuries or ailments are you seeing from that community? Yeah, great question. Um, I do. I mean, in, you know, we're in, uh, like you said, Mitchell, South Dakota. So it's, man, it's rural America, right? Um, so yeah, we take care of lots of folks that are, that are on the farm or, I mean, a tremendous amount that are indirectly involved in agriculture for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as, you know, what, what plagues people, I'm going to say that it, it, you know, I wish I could uh, be more specific, but it, it really does run the gamut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously we see a lot of, you know, the lower back, the neck pain, those sorts of things. And then, um, all the way up into to even mental health issues, right? Which we've talked um, we've talked about in the past, and uh, and I know has been a big topic lately, which I'm super excited about. I think that's it's great. It needs to be brought to light. 
Um, in fact, I really, I really enjoyed your podcast. I think you did the other day. Was it, was it Jason? Was that right? Yeah, Jason, Jason Meadows. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You um, two should meet. Yeah. You know, so I was thinking that exact same thing. So as he was talking, I felt like I was like, oh man, it's like exact. Those are things that I would say that I love to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up over on his website actually and listened to some of his podcasts and just a, just a really valuable resource. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I see just a, just a tremendous amount of things from, from both the physical, um, all the way up to the mental health aspect. And, uh, and I would say that's maybe what, I don't know if it makes me unique or just my vantage point is for me that that health is so holistic that you can't separate them. Mm -hmm. You know, like somebody comes in with, you know, let's say they come in with headaches and migraines and neck pain, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you can't separate what's going on in their physical health from their mental health, mm-hmm. um, because obviously we're, uh, we're interconnected. And so, so really I say that because my bent, um, in taking care of people is, is to just literally t- take care of the whole person. Um, and, and I, and I mean that truly, right? Like we, uh, we want to tend to people's physical, mental, chemical, spiritual needs. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that's valuable for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I've come into your office and I've said, I'm a wreck. I hurt everywhere. But your first question is like, well, what's going on in your life? And it's like, well, I'm super stressed out and we've got all this stuff going on on the farm. And plus I got these four kids and trying to homeschool them and just all these things and definitely see how that manifests into, you know, sore shoulders and back and a sore neck and then headaches. And I do, I do agree that it's very interconnected. And when we come back from this break, uh, Seth and I are going to talk about mental health and agriculture and hopefully you can provide us some solutions for tackling that hot topic i'm amanda radke filling in for trent loose we'll be back after this short break and now we talk about immune health we talk about health in general the world's authority on nitric oxide production dr nathan bryan explains We've got about 14 COVID clinics around the U.S. where we have a a nitric oxide drug trial going on. I'm exposed to COVID probably every day. You know, pre-COVID, we as humans are exposed to viruses and bacteria every day of our life. That's just the world we live in. Some people get sick, some people don't. Why do some people get sick and why do others not? It all boils down to their ability to generate nitric oxide and to have certain things replete in their body like vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, selenium. If you're nutrient deficient, you're going to get sick. If you can't make nitric oxide, you're going to get sick. If you do all these things, you can be exposed to, to COVID or any other virus, and your immune system nips it in the bud, and you don't get sick from it. It's really that simple. It is that simple. And now NO2U can be purchased once again at the website. Go to NO2U.com and put Trent in the coupon code. You pay no shipping, and I believe right now you get four bottles for the price of three. If you put Trent in the coupon code no2u.com and we're back i'm amanda radke sitting with seth sievertson of legacy chiropractic in mitchell south dakota before the break we were just kind of talking about mental health and agriculture and you had mentioned uh listening to my episode with jason meadows and we had talked about mental health and agriculture then and i'm really excited to listen to a new episode he has it's with a young lady in agriculture who kind of had the world by the tail from the outside looking in she had everything going for her um and she took uh tried to take her life on more than one occasion and uh it's, it's an important conversation because I think so often it's just kind of the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about. And I don't know if you have seen it, but I mean, in, in the last two years with COVID and we talk about the loss of life and we're tracking all of the 
COVID deaths. And internally, I just kept thinking to myself, well, what about the suicides and the rate of depression and the divorces and the childhood neglect and the drug and alcohol abuse and all of these other unintended consequences that come from shutting down a country and locking people up away from their loved ones. And so I guess, have you kind of seen that ramping up and and folks coming into your clinic in the last couple of years because of these issues? Yeah, absolutely. You know, just to, just to, talk straight to that. I mean, it's, that was a huge, that was a huge problem, right? The last couple of years is this idea of isolation, this idea of, uh, of loneliness. And, and I mean, there's been plenty of research published about, you know, the effect of loneliness on all cause mortality and like it, it matters. Um, I'm always reminded of, you know, you have both research that side and then I'm reminded of the verse that, you know, the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. And like, mm-hmm. so fundamentally, you know, we're designed for this connection and, you know, again, you can't, in my opinion, you can't separate that, that, that mental health need from a physical health um, issue. Again, a, a low back issue and a loneliness issue mm-hmm. <laughs> and they exist inside of the same person. So yeah, absolutely. We've seen, uh, we've seen just stress related issues uh, become more and more rampant for people. Yeah. And so obviously you play a unique role when people come to see you, but I guess, where do you start? Does it start with an adjustment or what advice do you give to people that are, I mean, it's obviously a mental health issue and not just a physical ailment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm, um, I guess I need to talk probably a little bit philosophically here, if that's okay. Um, just I love it. It's, it gets mm-hmm. difficult, you know, without the patient sitting in front of me and knowing their uniquenesses and, and what specifically is going on you. Uh, hard to hard to give me practical solutions, but so much of I feel like so much of what I do or the way I think is how do I think think first? How do I think correctly about this problem? Mm-hmm. Um, because if I can think correctly about this problem, then I can then I can have right affections, if you will, and then I can have right action steps. And so, where you start with people um, is I, I think beginning to help them think correctly about their health, and that is that is fundamentally that they're interconnected, and that they need to realize that that the the issues that they have going on in their health and their life are not compartmentalized. And so they need to be aware of that first and foremost, because often I say that because often someone will come into me and want me to, Hey, can you help me fix this, this problem so that I can get back to my life that's broken. That's not working for me. (laughs) Right. And like, yeah, I can, I can help fix up your neck, but like, unless you address the cause of the rest of this right here, I mean, this thing's going to come back. And so I think first just awareness that, that matters mm-hmm. um, that, that things is things as small as how well you're sleeping matter. Right. Um, things like h- how much, um, how much water you're drinking or not drinking matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how much people are medicating or not medicating with, with uh, be it prescription medications or alcohol, like those mm-hmm. things matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have huge implications into both your mental and your physical health. And so, you know, I think when I, when I think about these problems, for me, it has to become this like this sort of like holistic solution. We need to attack it both chemically, like quite quite literally. Like, how's your diet? Are you are you eating trash? That's I mean, that's we know that's going to affect your gut health, which affects your brain health. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how's your physical health? Are you are you finding time to just get out and move? Even right, even simple things, going for walks. How you know the uh, the health benefits of a thirty minute walk are? I mean, they're astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, people would even just commit to that you think about that in physical health and you think about it in terms of mental health. Like, are you finding ways to connect with other people? Mm-hmm. Um, if you begin to read, you know, articles about um, agriculture and, and mental health, you know, one of the issues is just simply the isolated lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, like 
that matters. Um, you have to connect with other people. Uh, and then of course, this gets a little bit difficult to talk about on radio, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. Like I think you have to tend to those matters as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So to tease those things out, I just begin to ask questions. If that does that answer your question at all, It, it totally does. And I honestly feel personally attacked because as you're rolling through this list, I'm like, Oh, I don't sleep too much because I'm trying to do a lot. I drink a lot of coffee. When's the last time I drank a glass of water? Uh, I have a lot of stress in my life and oh, now we're into calving season and breeding season and planting season. So you're eating on the run. And I know Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one that probably is like, "Uh Oh, I need, I need. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) I I get it. And you know, and I'll just, I'll put myself there too. You know, like, um, like we're the same way. Right. I mean, we're, you know, helping on the farm. So we're helping out with calving. We've got three kids. I've got a small, small business. And so life is just go, go. And I totally understand and so I think one of the, when I, when I get a moment of clarity, I've got to step back and then think about, um, cause I think the elephant in the room is this, then, you know, you step back, we talk about stress, we talk about mental health and, and often our answer is, well, you just need to slow down. And, uh, if I was to play devil's advocate against myself, um, I think I would say something like, well, I can't just sit around all day. Right. I mean, me slowing down is not going to decrease my stress. It's going to increase my stress. I've got, right. I've got things that have to happen, you know, things to do list keeps piling up. And, yeah, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think it is a conversation of, and I have a good friend and I have this conversation all the time is how much is enough, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we're looking at some business expansion here and, and that's the question before us. It's not the details. It's not the balance sheet. It's not the, can we get it done? It's, at, at what point is enough enough? Yep. You know, like at what point is contentment um, on the balance sheet? You know, Jason talked about putting yourself as a human asset on your balance sheet. Mm-hmm. And and at what point is contentment as, you know, and I, that's different for every family, you know, because mm-hmm. you have to answer the question, are we in a, like, are we in a season or are we in, like, is this just the way life is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And trying to implement, that's where I'm at, trying to implement systems to streamline my life yeah. and also trying to prune away things that don't matter. Because I yeah. hate that feeling of being a hamster on a wheel where it's go, 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 go. And we're chasing after something. But what is it that we're chasing after? And are we missing what's right in front of us in that yeah. pursuit of what's down the road? And so yeah. I, I struggle with that because I'm total workaholic. I always feel like there's more, more, more I could be doing. But then I don't want to look back on these years and this season of my life where my kids are really little and they're just experiencing life and fun. And so I have to slow down and say, no, this is what matters right now. What's right yeah. in front of me. So I've, I've done some impulsive things as a parent yeah. the last couple of years to try to like cheer us all up because COVID has been really hard on families. So in 2020, everything was locked down. You know, we weren't even going to church. So it was just like impacting us. And one day I said, we need therapy goats. We need yeah. goats. So yeah. I, we drove to Chamberlain and we picked up these goats and uh, it was just a fun memory now that we have of this time that we were shut down and we did something totally silly and not practical. Yeah. And I did it again. I was at an FFA chapter banquet here over the weekend in Nebraska and they had this big auction and I brought home a half a dozen ducks and (laughs) my husband's like did you think this through at all and I said absolutely not but look how excited everybody is 
something just totally silly, did not add to the cattle operation, did not help the business, but it was just fun and something that we could do together as a family. So I guess my question to you is, is what does your family do to kind of lighten the mood and and make memories together and do things just just for the fun of it? Yeah, great question. So I I wish I was more fun. I'll say it that way, first of all. <laughs> I'm pretty um, boring too. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not boring. <laughs> uh, we, uh, you know, we have, we have horses and, uh, and we do enjoy our time outside. My, my oldest son is big into just being out in the trees and, and hunting and taking his bow or his, his, uh, his pellet gun out there and just, you know, shooting at targets, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found a tremendous amount of uh, enjoyment in, in just taking local trips, right? Just really, really close short weekend. We like to camp, that sort of stuff. But recently we finally committed to, to, to pulling the plug on the TV, um, spending some really focused time just in the living room, just letting life unfold, letting these conversations unfold. You know, we play silly games like guess, uh, guess the animal and, uh, and just, just try to connect because I think if you remember all the way back to COVID, right, we, we learned all these lessons in COVID about, man, life is, great when we pair it back isn't this I'm playing yeah. catch again with my kids and and then it was like a whiplash effect like mm-hmm. once everything came back online it's like oh yeah we've got to catch up for a year we've and a half gotta be busy we're gonna yeah. take a quick break because i love this conversation i want to talk about it more but i'm amanda radke for roll route we'll be back after this short message now let's for a moment talk about a premium on quality beef we're talking about certified piedmontese And the quality in this case is determined by the tenderness aspect. Piedmontese cattle possess two copies of the myostatin gene. They're both mutant copies. That means that they do not regulate muscle growth. We call these cattle double-muscled, actually, but you use those bulls on your cows, and I've had zero difficulty with calving ease, and you get a calf that's half Piedmontese. That qualifies you for the premium. Get more details about how you can be a part of the supply chain, particularly if you're from the Great Plains of America. It's all about the regional food systems coming to fruition. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We're back. Thank you for tuning in to Rural Route. I'm Amanda Radke, filling in for Trent Luce, sitting with Seth Sievertson. And before the break, we were talking about things that we like to do to blow off steam and relax. And I was noticing... A common theme of all the things you rattled off and then I listed it. It was two things, being outside in the fresh air and enjoying time together with the people we love. And I think Mm -hmm. if we all got back to those basics, our mental health would be so much better and stronger. Uh, But you highlighted perfectly the challenge. Once kind of COVID went away, we rushed to just jump right back into our old habits of go, go, go and doing all these extra things. Um, I guess, how do we reclaim just that, what made that time when everything shut down kind of a good thing? How do, how do we keep hold of that? Yeah, great question. I think it, it just comes back to a conversation of what, like, what are your values as a family? Um, and, you know, we, we named our, uh, we named our clinic legacy because that was really the premise is, is what kind of legacy are we leaving? What are we passing on to our kids? What kind of life we want to build into them because it comes, it comes down to a conversation of values, right? I mean, um, there are going to be families that are, uh, 
they're going to be busy and they're going to be together. And that's just sort of their life. That's their value. It doesn't create an extra stress on them because that's Mm -hmm. just who they are fundamentally. Mm -hmm. And so I do think it comes down to a conversation of what are your, what are your shared values? Because ultimately if we're going to talk about stress, stress is a perception, Mm -hmm. It's a perception of what's going on around you. You you and I could each have an event happen to us. And if it's stressful or not, it really depends on how we perceive it. So, um, you know, for example, uh, uh, you know, going out to check heifers in the middle of the night might not be stressful to you. It gets to be stressful to me, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a perception of what's going on. So I do think, to answer your question, I do, in my opinion, it comes back to shared values. Like what what matters to us? You know, when we were, uh, when my wife and I were, um, my wife and I, my wife was homeschooling, you know, we said she was at home a lot, obviously through those years. And, and uh, that means that we're saying yes to this, which in contrast means we're saying no to something else. Right. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, because this is a shared value right now. Um, you know, we're saying yes to, to doing less at night. Um, that means we have to say no to something else. And, and those things are fine. I think mm-hmm. you have to be comfortable with that. But again, you have to define that life. What are you trying to chase? Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember uh, Jason, uh, Jason mentioned an author named Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a book in there. And, uh, and I'm not going to verbatim quote Jordan verbatim, but he, he talks about this idea of, you know, can you can you craft a life? Can you build a life that makes the sort of the suffering worth it? You know, the trials yeah. that you have to go through worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it comes down to that. And that's, you know, again, that's we have to talk a little bit philosophically because I can't answer that for uh, for different families, but yeah, no. yep. And and you talked about that shared values and that's why I appreciate about you because I think we have a lot of the same shared values that we care about our faith and our family care about agriculture. We care about maintaining our freedom so that we can have businesses and, you know, be sovereign and independent and take care of our own. And so I, I am constantly rattling through that checklist of does this fall in the box? Because mm-hmm. so much of what we do as a society if, sorry to say, but it's kind of because everybody is doing it. And I yeah. almost COVID made me pause and step back and say, am I doing this just because I think it's something we should be doing, or I grew up doing it. So of yeah. course I would sign my kids up for this. And I've realized for the most part, a lot of the stuff just doesn't matter. And, and, but what has mattered, I guess for my family, you talked about unplugging the TV and sitting around the living room. We've done the same thing. I mean, I saw that the TV was becoming addictive. I didn't like most of the programs that were on there that my kids could stumble upon. I felt like I had to watch them like a hawk to make sure that, you know, that, agendas weren't seeping right. into our home that I would have to, you know, counteract. Um, but what's been most powerful is I, we've just really committed to supper time at the mm-hmm. dinner table. I make a big fuss out of it. We light candles, we pray, yeah. we ask each other about our day. And it was kind of hard for us to do at first. And I thought this is, you know, we'll just eat on the run. We're out in the field or in the cattle yard or whatever. Um, but the days that we skip it, the kids say, mom, why aren't we doing fancy supper tonight? And I yeah. think, oh, wow, they, they do like this time where we just slow down enough just to eat a meal together. And yeah. that seems to be like a rare thing anymore in society. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, we actually, I made a post about this on our on our clinic Facebook page not terribly long ago about just a picture of our dinner table. And and it was like, you know, I don't always get it right, but this is something that we we do commit to um, on a regular basis is is this idea of having of having dinner together. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned it. We had a 
just recently, well, just this weekend, had a speaker at church, and he was one of the things was talking about being a good father, but I think we can say good parent in general. Mm-hmm. And he was he was using the example of Job, and he was talking about you know Job was obviously this big big farmer, and lots of lots of cattle and, and sheep and lots of land, and and then he mentioned about his influence in his kids and about how his children were about him. Yeah. Um, was the verse that he used, and this idea of yeah, yeah having sharing common time, mm-hmm. yeah, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned your faith and that it's a huge, huge foundation for you. I guess kind of tell me how that plays a role for you as being a dad, a business owner, a member of a community. Um, how does that kind of shape how you interact with folks? Yeah, so I think it's just fundamentally who I am. You know, if I was to tell you about who I am, like that is, I, I, I believe that my identity there, my identity in Christ is just is fundamentally who I am. And then ultimately, I mean, to say it a little bit morbid, none of us get out of here alive. Right. <laughs> We're know, all like, terminal. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like I, I want people to feel better and I want them to heal and all those things are true. And at the same time, like none of us make it out alive. And right. so it's, it, it has to be about this next life, right? It has to be about the, uh, the eternal value of these things and, and, and what we're trying to do, because ultimately we're, in my opinion, we're, we're all just trying to get each other across the finish line, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that matters how we walk hand in hand across the finish line, how we help people transition in life. Um, you know, just to think about in, in agriculture, there are seasons of life. There's a time to, there's a time to plant, right? There's a time to, there's a time to harvest and there's a, there's a winter time. There's a, there's a time of transition and that's true right. in your physical life. It's, you know, we see that, we see that modeled in nature. We see it modeled in agriculture and, and in spiritual life as well. So it's important. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle with this because I feel like I need to be more and more vocal about my faith as, uh, you know, Christianity is being kind of ushered out as a society. And I worry about, you know, my kids having to worship in secret one day because it's just not an acceptable view. You know, it's not in schools. It's not in business. It's not, it's like Jesus isn't welcome anywhere. And so I've almost felt like I have to push back against that even harder. And, you know, I've lost writing opportunities and speaking opportunities because of that. But yet I, I just want to show my kids that at the end of the day, this is, we serve an audience of one and he is the one that matters most. And so that's how we're going to live our lives. Even if we're ostracized from whatever society, uh, uh, you know, organizations, um, have you seen some pushback like that or do you guys, do you share those concerns or I guess, how do you look at it in reflection of today's world? Yeah, I'll say, I think about it a lot. Um, and I definitely share those concerns. And so, you know, just a a little bit full circle here. I think that's why, that's why, uh, um, you know, a conversation about your values matter because ultimately like, what am I building into my kids with my daily activities and my routines? Mm -hmm. Um, am I, am I just, uh, am I distracting them with, with things that are going on in the world or am I using them, those things to build, build values into them? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you can do that, right? You can, you can bring your kids alongside of you at work and on the farm and, and, and build those values into your kids as opposed to it being a distraction, if, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. I see it. I see it all the time. I, I share those concerns. You know, I don't know that I've lost, maybe, maybe I've lost, um, opportunities because of it. I don't know that I have. Um, but I think it's, I think we as, uh, as believers and people in this country, we've shared a, uh, we've shared hundreds of years of relative, um, low risk for our yeah. faith. It's not had to cost us a lot. Right. And I think, I think we're starting to see maybe a, a shift to that. 
and and it does bring uh, the emphasis back to on on how we manage our life and how we steward this world well and and what testimony we're going to leave absolutely yeah you know the world i always tell my kids the world is is really harsh it's hard and we've they've seen that firsthand in the last couple of years with covid and schools shutting down and churches shutting down and you know, people just going through hard things and, and then seeing their mom and dad be stressed out at times too. And I always reminded myself, like, I want to set the example of how we handle stress and me alone. I can't handle stress by myself, but I can handle it because I know my faith will help guide me through it. And so I, I, kept trying to bring it back to our faith that, you know, we, we don't have all the answers right now. The news is really scary. It we're, we're trying to navigate this uncertain world. Uh, but we're going to, we're not going to act in fear. We're going to walk with faith and we're going to stand firm in that faith, no matter which storms come our way. And in one conversation I had with the kids, uh, you know, China was on the news and, um, it, it was talking about the underground Christian church or community there in China. And my daughter, she's very inquisitive on stuff like this, but she was like, well, what do you mean they, they pray in secret? She didn't Mm -hmm. know why. And so I kind of explained it to her and that's really stuck with her. And she said like, aren't we so lucky that we can pray openly and we can have our Bible mom, you know? And it's like, yeah. So I want my kids to appreciate that. It's not something we should take for granted because there's people all around the world that have to hide, you know, their true values and what they believe in uh, simply to survive. Or, you know, on the other hand, they're willing to lose everything, even their lives for standing up for what they believe in. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a time early on in, uh, in, you know, 2020, I think it was May or something. I was, you know, it was early on. And so I've always likened it to something going, you know, thump in the night, right? Like you wake up and you're like, what was that? And nobody knows what it is. And so you flip all the lights on and you grab your baseball bat or whatever. And you walk <laughs> right. and you realize that it was a, a cat that had gotten in and you realize, okay, well, I'm cool. Okay. So that's different. And it was, it was early on in all of that when everything was just coming to a head. And um, I was feel I had a tremendous amount of anxiety because I didn't know what the answer was. Like, do I, man, do I, are, everyone's closing. Do we close? Like, what, what are we supposed to do? And, and I just had this sense that, um, that if I talked about, you know, shutting my doors, it wasn't going to be for a week, that it was going to be for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was watching the news and I was, I remember I was uh, journaling all the numbers because I felt like it was historic and it was starting to consume me. And I was getting, I was getting fearful to be frankly honest. Mm-hmm. And I remember just having this sense. I think I was talking to my mom about it. Um, uh, great. Obviously great Christian woman in my life. And I think she just said like, you're going to have to make a decision you're going to have to decide what you're doing here with your brain because you cannot live with one foot in each world. Right. Living with living with faith, not fear. We'll be back after this short break with Seth Sievertson. Always putting faith above fear. Thank you, Amanda. I want to remind you, Amanda Radke does a fantastic job not only authoring children's books. She also is an advocate. She's a patriot. She's a mother. She has some swag. Maybe you're interested in some swag. You missed that for Mother's Day, I reckon. Get details about Amanda and her new YouTube channel. She's into everything and has done a fantastic job filling in for me for the past five weeks. I can't say thank you enough. Actually, I'm trying to say thank you by getting you to go to the Radke Report, AmandaRadke.com, staying on top of all of the issues and making sure that you understand how it impacts you day in and day out. AmandaRadke.com. 
hated to take a break right when you were in the middle of something good. Um, but I'm Amanda Radke filling in for Trent Luce uh, with Seth Sievertson talking about uh, handling the stresses of, of a pandemic and uh, uncertainties. And so before the break, you were talking about living in both wor- worlds. Can you kind of finish that story? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, so I was just, you know, I was visiting, I believe with, with my mom and, and just having a lot of anxiety about what to do in my, in, in our clinic and our business and what do we do? And, and, and she'd said, you know, you can't live with one foot in each world. Like you're just going to have to sort of pick a horse and ride it, right? Like, yeah. what are you going to do here? Are you going to, are you going to turn inward or are you, you know, are you going to move forward in faith? And, uh, and, and I remember that being a, like a, almost a deciding moment and a deciding prayer in my life. It's like, I'm just going to choose to move forward here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know ultimately the answers. I don't know how this is going to pan out. Um, but I'm going to move forward in faith in this, in, in, in what's going on here and just mm-hmm. trust that there's something else for me something else in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's just a, that's just a small example, but I mean, that has, we do that every single day, right? I mean, if you're in the Midwest right now, that's dry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and ultimately to live with one foot in each world, I mean, is, is mentally exhausting mm-hmm. and, and what's going to happen and what do we do? And, and, and ultimately it's gotta be, it's almost this, it's, I'm going to have a decision here. I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to choose a horse. I'm going to ride it. And I'm going to have faith that there's, there's something else. Mm-hmm. So it's not just faith in humanity or faith in mankind, that sort of thing. Not faith that things are just going to pan out, but faith in the Lord that, that mm-hmm. he's got something here that ultimately he's in control. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, that's, that's fundamentally what mental health is. I mean, I've had, I've had pretty significant bouts with anxiety and depression. I've got my own battles and they fundamentally come down to this, like, what am, what am I choosing to do here? How am I choosing to move forward? Mm-hmm. Whether it's with my kids or my business or, or you know, the farm, whatever it might be is, is what, what do I believe is ultimately in control of here? Kind of this perspective of, of you know, this eternal perspective, if you will. Right. Absolutely. I, I've had that same discussion with my husband because I'm just a type A kind of a worrier, like to be in control of things. So it was, you know, what if this happens or what if this happens? And his comment was, you know, if you're already thinking about what's going to happen and you're, you're cowering in fear, making a decision, then they've already beat you. They've already won. And so, you know, I've got to keep moving one foot in front of the other. And it was the same with the grass, you know, it's been so cold and then so windy and you can just see the dirt flying and it's just, you start freaking out because you think, well, where's the grass going to come from and how much is hay going to cost? And and my husband said, you either trust that the Lord's going to bring the rain or you don't, but what are we going to do about it? We can pray about it and we can make the decisions that are best for this moment and try to be responsible and frugal to make ends meet. But worrying about it and living in fear does nothing but yeah. give you stress and then give you backaches and then having yeah. to call call you to fix you up. <laughs> yeah. You know, my uh, my my wife's that same way. Um I tend to be the really emotional one <laughs> in the relationship <laughs> and she's she's very steady and very even and very like it's just very logical um logical to her and and one of the things I've had to learn is that you know my emotions are not the seat of my reality, right? Mm-hmm. That emotions come and go and they can inform us about what's going on. Um, but ultimately that's not how things are. And I have to, I have to work really hard to get a hold of my emotions. Mm-hmm. That's why for me, I, I talked, you know, a little bit earlier, just philosophically, it's so important for me to think correctly about a situation, whether it's again in business or in family or in emotional health, um, because if I can think correctly, then I can have correct emotions. And if I can right. have correct emotions, then I can have correct actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I uh, if I'm letting my emotions run the show, like everything else, can be a disaster. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like that's kind of society right now. It's all about all about what we feel instead of what's right in front of us. And, and it often seems, I feel like maybe conservatives do a poor job of this, uh, because I myself just find myself focusing on the practical things like, mm-hmm. okay, people are super stressed out, but what logistically can I focus on? Okay. The price of food has gone up astronomically. The price mm-hmm. of fuel is crazy high. People are living paycheck to paycheck. That exasperates into all kinds of other issues, but I'm in agriculture. So surely I should be able to solve the food and the energy issues and all those essentials of life. So then people can tackle all the other stressors they have. But it yeah. seems like that message is often received negatively because people are thinking, well, you're not taking care of, you know, people's emotions. But I feel like being secure in all of those essentials does tie into how you feel emotionally as a person too. I guess, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, for me, it's so hard to compartmentalize, right? Because it's, it is a, uh, you know, your mental and emotional health. It's, it's not, it's, it's not its own thing in isolation, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's such a big component of your physical health and your spiritual health and what you're putting into your body. And um, yeah, so yeah, I tend to agree. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think we're, we're on the same page. Well, you know, um, you you have a lot of great posts on your your social media. I see word on the street is that you've you've purchased the local newspaper um, <laughs> because you want to be like Elon Musk when you grow up. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that, and I bring that up because uh, seems like our means of communication is always changing. Um, I guess, have you seen any censorship on social media or anything like that because of your, your views? Are you, are you seeing any suppression? Yeah. So I should, I should briefly say, I, I kind of forgot to mention about this. Um, you know, we've talked philosophically here, but I do want to bring some practical help to folks. We're, awesome. you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're at the beginning of launching this, uh, this, this course kind of where we talk about this intersection of physical and mental and emotional health and just things that you can do. And so, um, you feel free to email me, I guess, if, if you're interested in knowing more about that. Um, it's called legacy life course at gmail.com. Just a real simple email address. You can get a hold of me at, um, can give you some practical and some practical application, practical videos, those sorts of things. Awesome. But to, to talk, just to answer your question, um, I've not seen a lot of, um, censorship on me specifically, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second, but I, I have, all over the map. There's a lots and lots of folks that have been, that have been censored. I've seen it obviously in my friends, a lot of my colleagues, I've uh, pretty good friends with some, some, um, some people that have had uh, real significant heat come down on them in the chiropractic world. And, uh, and be, you know, in fact, I was in conversation with one of them that's been very vocal, um, you know, had several things go viral and he's like, Hey man, like it looks, <laughs> I, I appreciate the, uh, you know, the support and everything, but he's like, it's come at a real cost. I mean, my, my, my house has been vandalized. My car has been vandalized. Like, you know, we've taken heat as a family, um, some real physical issues. So yeah, it's unfortunate that there's that much hate in the world. Um, and that there's that much censorship. I've, I've not gotten, um, a lot of it. And the reason, the reason why is I chose to be on my Facebook page, at least I chose to not be controversial about it for, Mm -hmm. for one simple reason. I just valued relationships so much. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I, I wanted any conversation that I had to be in the context of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted, you know, to put things out there, but then I wanted that person to come in and sit knee to knee and face to face with me and us to have a real conversation mm-hmm. because I think the context of what you're saying changes, right? I mean, it's super easy for me to be inflammatory on a keyboard 
Uh, but if I was to sit knee to knee with that person, just how much grace and compassion I would have for the context of their life. Mm-hmm. And I think we would actually have a better outcome. And so I didn't get censored a lot um, because I came at it. I came at it from a relationship standpoint. So. Yeah. I, and I think that was a good play um, because, and, and I should give you credit because when we were sick, you know, I, I feel like as a society, we always think that, oh, we got to get a pill. We got to take something medicine to fix it. Whereas I, as a mom, I've always just instinct, instinctively looked at it from, okay, what's the root cause? Is it sleep? Is it Absolutely. diet? Is it what's going on that we can fix first? And so I appreciate it because we were super down in this winter and you were willing to come see us where I feel like some health practitioners maybe wouldn't have or would have approached us in a much different way. And you didn't treat us like lepers. You treat us like human beings who yeah. uh, were in trouble. And and so, yeah, I, I really value uh, voices that are willing to go against the grain a little bit and kind of stick their necks out when uh, they're being pressured to do otherwise. Uh, so on that note, tell us a little bit about this program that you're launching and, and kind of what it all entails. Yeah. So, um, so the, the idea of the of the course or the program is is again there's these these aspects of health if you will right there's a there's a physical aspect there's a chemical aspect there's an emotional aspect and so I want to give uh, I want to give voice to those I want to give some practical applications some some knowledge about your own body and and how we live in this world that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but but I think the unique vantage point maybe that I have is that that I really do come at it, that there's a, there's a, there's an intersection of these all, if you will. And I want to be able to speak to that because I think right now, um, one of the problems in healthcare, frankly, is, is that it's, it's all compartmentalized, right? You have a, you have a back doctor, you have a knee doctor, you have a stomach doctor, you have a brain doctor, and like no one talks about the intersection of all of them. And I just want to be able to give voice to that. Mm -hmm. Um, The sort of intersection again of the, the mental health, the spiritual health, chemical and physical. And so uh, it's, it's going to be video resources. Um, I'm, I'm hoping if it's, if it's something that's, that people enjoy in their social media people, that there'll be a Facebook group uh, alongside of it. Um, yeah. It's just a, just a coursework and, and memberships for those folks. Yeah. So and and give us, give health. us the sign up information one more time. Yep. Yep. So the, uh, the email is legacy life course at gmail.com. Um, okay. and you can just email me if you're interested. I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to send you a billion things. Um, it's just, Hey, if you're interested when, when we launch it, I'll let you know. All right. With one minute left, I know we're approaching planting season for a lot of people. They're going to be stuck in a tractor. Any practical tips for keeping from getting really stiff and sore and, uh, and you know, not in good shape through that season. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, those are, those are so difficult because farmers, you go from, you go from sitting, right. And then you have to get out and maybe you've got to load a bunch of seed. And so it's like, it's like hours of sitting and then really intense moments of physical labor. And so uh, I think that, you know, the three things I would say is one, you've got to use some caution in the first couple minutes when you get out of the tractor, you're quite literally your ligaments and your muscles are not, are not in a place to lift heavy and do a lot of bending, twisting, that sort of stuff. So, so, uh, Maybe immediately when you jump out, it'd be really helpful if you took a couple of minutes. Um, walk around the tractor, check your planner, like just maybe do the equipment check first before you jump into a bunch of physical work. Um, don't underestimate hydration. Uh, people should be drinking more water. It's, it, it helps with a tremendous amount of mental clarity, muscle soreness. Um, and, and frankly, it gets you up having to go to the bathroom, which gets you from out of a sitting position, which is really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously stretching, right? I mean, we, we all know it, but very, very few of us actually do it. I think if people are to routinely engage in stretching, it can go a long way prevention wise. 
That's great. Well, these are some helpful tips, and I really appreciate your time today and your wisdom. With the help of Seth Siebertson, we have journeyed down the road connecting urban and rural America. I'm Amanda Radke, filling in for Trent Luce, here to remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. Once again, I want to remind you about Certified Piedmontese and the opportunity to be a part of the Brand of Beef program. You know, I have to say this about Certified Piedmontese, beyond the regional aspect of food production, they're absolutely doing a fantastic job bringing in the message of beef in an arena that we've not previously seen messages about beef. Now, it's not just because it's May is Beef Month either. It's because Certified Piedmontese is tremendous at getting the message to the non-beef consumers about how you need to have this nutrient-dense food product in your life on a daily basis. That's why I suggest that you go check out what it takes to be a part of the supply chain, and you do that by going to the website, LoneCreekCattleCo.com.